the Spanish announce table. I can't believe another week of wrestling has come and gone. And we're here to talk to all of our wrestling friends. And we've made a whole lot of new wrestling friends this week. I'm excited to talk to them. But Tom, I'm excited to talk to you as well. What's new, Tom? Hey, man. Uh, not too much. Uh, just really enjoying the week of wrestling. Got a lot to talk about. There was uh, some big uh, arrivals in certain companies. There was also some great matches in others. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, we kind of jump-started our newest social media platform, app, whatever you want to call it. And we're on threads. So... Uh, not to really say something that we don't already know, but it looks like Twitter is going in the toilet. But it's not there yet, uh, so we still are there hanging out, talking what? to you. But we are transitioning. It hasn't been flushed yet. It's in the toilet. It right. hasn't been flushed yet. Not everything there is a cesspool. I'm going to give it that. But we are on threads at Spanish Announce Podcast. Yes, so we are transitioning to threads. Uh, talking to you there, slowly building up a following and interacting with you live during AEW Dynamite, Collision, Rampage, pay-per-views, still doing it on the Twitter. But if I'm being honest, since I do that uh, the most, uh, my first priority is going to be threads and then I'll get to Twitter. Um, so yeah, that's been the exciting thing, meeting a lot of different people, new people who are uh, brand new to uh, hearing about us, which is fun. And, uh, yeah, talking to him. Oh, yeah. So that's been fun. It's always fun hearing about us. We, it's always fun <laughs> it's to always learn about other people. For you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I love me some me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always love me some me. All about the me. <laughs> we have the me. So, Tom, we're going to talk about pro wrestling. We are, as you might be able to figure out by some of our imagery, primarily uh, and almost exclusively, we're going to discuss AEW, right? There is a big topic that is not AEW, but AEW related, of course. And that is CM Punk. We will talk about that because how can you not, right? CM well, he's Punk a former AEW champion. Anywhere. He's a yeah, he's a true. former AEW champion. So we kind of have to talk about former AEW champions who go to different promotions. So, yeah, right. I mean, we gotta. That's the thing. CM Punk makes it that you gotta talk about him. So that's we will talk about him. We've got some things to say about him. Uh, but man, I am excited about this threads. We have met so many people. There's so much positivity going on over there, and it's not all. I'm not going to say it's like this, hey, everybody, let's blow smoke up each other's ass, yuck fest, right? Like, we're not all holding hands saying kumbaya, but it is noticeably more positive and just more open, honest dialogue than Twitter. Twitter so nasty anymore. And guess what? I'll, I'll tell you a little fun fact. I'm actually positive over there on threads. You know, typically, oh, I get a little crazy. Um, so far, loving it. I haven't been an asshole yet. It's been great. We should do a thing where you watch something you you thread about it with your with your positive thoughts and then you tweet about it with your angry t-mac thoughts and then I we compare them idea. here on the show yeah. that would be good stuff yeah, yeah. actually so, there was one person there was one person on threads that did act like an idiot i had to tell them they had the dumbest post and then we never heard from them again i didn't block them though i didn't mute them they just stopped talking because I was like, you're obviously dumb. They were trying to they were trying to educate me on the Spanish announce table. And like, you know, that's a WWE oh, yes, only that. thing. And I was like, that's only a WWE thing. Really? That's why uh, Thunder Rosa is over on the Spanish announce table in AEW calling the action in Spanish. <laughs> Fucking idiot. But other than that person, man, it's been great. 
It has been great. And the reason I bring it up again, uh, you know, because you already hit it, but uh, it, it is at Spanish Announce Podcast. Follow us there. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net for all the other social media links. Fun note, I don't have threads posted up there yet. Forgot to do yeah, that. Do but all no, yeah, the other do. social media links are up there, including the links to our T-shirt. Oh, do I have the threads? Mm, you God, do. Am I good? Am I ahead of myself? Did I Was I ahead of the game mm-hmm. back in the day? Anyway, go there. You can also donate to say, look how good you are, Tim. You don't even know how good you are. You can donate money two ways, Cash App or PayPal, or you can buy our T-shirt where the link says buy our T-shirt. And that'll take you to Pro Wrestling Tees trusted source you don't even have to take our word for it you can just buy our shirt and know it's going to get to your door because it's crapshoot if you're if you're waiting on us to send you a shirt right so tom let's talk about threads because one way uh, that you can communicate with us you the listeners uh, or the viewers or whatever um is to use things like social media and we used to primarily have this thing called hashtag tweet the table over on twitter where people would send us their thoughts about wrestling and we would read them right here on the show and we have one of those but without even thinking about it, uh, one of our loyal Spanish Announce Table Nation members here gave us a new segment, Tom, with Thread the Table, right? So hashtag Thread the Table, uh, and we'll read it right here on the show. And it's from great friend of the show, Justin Floor. He says, which superstar would you travel to see their last match? Hashtag Thread the Table. And that's it. That's how easy it is, right? So, Tom, we all know Sting's final match is coming up. And as we talk about AEW Dynamite later in the show, they even we'll announced time and a place, right? So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. But if it's not Sting, and maybe it is Sting, mm-hmm. who would it be? You want to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you go first? I would say, here's the caveat. Let's say that this is a true pro wrestling retirement. Because in pro wrestling – just like with mixed martial arts retirements, it's always taken with a grain of salt, right? They're retired until the next paycheck. But let's say that this is going to be in this in this question. The world is it will actually be their final match. Now, I'm also going to add one more thing to it, too. I'm going to say that we like I'm not going to go back in time to a wrestler who I wanted to see their last match. We're going to say that their last match is still something that could happen today. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like there, there may be a a wrestler who has passed, like say I was saying Owen Hart, right. Well, we're going to assume he's alive and I can actually go to his last match. That's what I'm, that's the example I'm using. So with all of that being said, someone that I would travel to very far uh, links to see would have to be, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think the the music would get me into the energy level that I would need for like a final match. It would have a different type of vibe that it wouldn't be somber because of that flash shattering, the walking, the spitting, the talking trash and all of that. And then post-match, whether he wins or loses, you know that there is going to be a beer bash that ends all beer bashes and it will have just countless number of hitting that right at the corner, double fisting Miller lights or stone cold IPAs, whatever it may be. Uh, And I think it would just be one of the most fun times you could have uh, at a pro wrestling show. And obviously he's one of the greatest of all time. He is one of the greatest of all times from, you know, I think when you look at the overall, package of of 
of storytelling in pro wrestling, right? And that's it. I think storytelling is is a key part of that, right? Because we've said this before. You know, we say moves don't matter, right? Like we're not we're not here for the matches necessarily. We like the storylines that lead to the matches, and of course the matches as well, right? Like, but but we're way more invested in those matches that the storylines get us there. So, man. That's why I struggle with answering this question, right? Because I never really am gauging. It's always lower on the like totem pole if I'm stacking points, right? I weigh the mic skills and the charisma heavier, right? Than than the matches, right? Um, right now, if it was right now, if they were like, "Hey, this is their last match," right now, I'm gonna say Christian Cage because I know I'm gonna get that like. God, I love what he said, but I'm still going to boo this guy, right? Like, but like, he's one of the people who gives you the most feeling right now, right? So that's how I would answer that right now. I don't feel like I've got an all time favorite, right? But if you told me right now somebody was like, you know, I, I'm going to cancel and I'm going to be like, I'm going to go see this, right? Especially if it's, you know, look, I'm not going to go to England when I live in, in Kansas well, City, right? But well, that's what, what I was going to ask. Was that how, the question? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. But that's what I would ask you mm. is how far would you go? How far would you go to see your favorite wrestler's last match? I mean, I'm thinking anywhere continental is easy to say, right? Like anywhere continental United States, because that's a flight, right? That's not, you know, we're ballers, as we've discussed on the show before, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Please donate money. Uh, (laughs) My t-shirt. Continental, easy. You know, Hawaii, Alaska, easy. Maybe all those Puerto Rico's easy. Um, Man, you start getting further than like... Western Europe, it's a long flight. You know what I mean? And I don't know that I want to go much further than that, right? Well, trust me, I just came from Germany. I just went to Frankfurt, so I definitely know how long a, a know long it. flight is. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, man, you're talking more than a work day's worth of hours, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a little testy, right? I got to get up, and move around, even if it is Supreme Business First upgraded top pilot level. I would class. say. Yeah, I would say the Brit- British Isles, right? So Scotland, Ireland, mm-hmm. England, Wales, like that. Correct, right? Yeah. Any any farther inland, that's Coast where my cutoff Spain, is. Right? Maybe yeah, like Portugal, know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. That's what I would do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we'll say Belfast, Mexico City, <laughs> Mexico City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd go South America. City. I feel like yeah, I'd go yeah. South America. Depends on where, right? If you're like, depends on well, where. And then that's the other thing to to consider too, is, you know, there's also some wrestlers where if it's the city and the experience that might make you go, for example, let's just say it was Pinta, right? Pinta's last match, but it's in Mexico city. Well, you might get me, you know what I mean? Cause that's the whole Lucha Libre. He's my favorite Lucha Libre, like Ray Mysterio, right? Ray Mysterio in Mexico city. You might get me. You know what I mean? I tried. I tried so hard, Tom, when I was in Mexico while we were down there for a couple of days. I think it was like four four days. I was asking everywhere. I was like, all right, where's Lucha Libre? Right. And they were like, what? And I'm like, Lucha Libre. And I'm like, they're selling the mass everywhere. God damn it. Right. Like the mass, there are five million mass everywhere you can see. And I'm like, Lucha, where's the, where's the matches? Where can I go tonight? Like, where, where can I see it? Right. And they're all like, eh. and I'm like, God damn it. Like, Come on, I know I'm white, but like, come on, <laughs> like, help me out, man. I'm trying to see some lucha here. God damn it, never, never right. got anybody to clue me in, man. Nothing, nothing, no help. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. So that's how easy it is to thread the table. You can start a conversation, and if you're watching us live right now because you're awesome, 
you can join in on the YouTube chat, right? YouTube.com slash Spanish Announce Tube. You can watch us live every Thursday night when we do the show at precisely, exactly on mm-hmm. the dot, 7.15-ish. Tom, nobody's chatted us yet, so I'm a little disappointed. I'm sad. But we'll just That's move okay. on, right? We'll talk, about, we'll talk about Tweet the Table because this is going to get the ball rolling. Remember how we said Twitter brings about negativity? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not even when it's intended because this tweet is not, not have any malice, no negativity. And this person never does. It's one of the sweetest people we've ever had on this show. It's Katie, the first lady, one of our most loyal long-term listeners. Mm-hmm. And she says, did WWE just pull an AEW hashtag tweet the table hashtag C M punk hashtag survivor series. And yeah, you sent me this thing because I don't really watch WWE anymore. Again, we've talked about this several times on the reasons why. But mostly, I just think it sucks. So I don't watch it. And I knew Survivor Series was going on, right? But I hadn't seen anything yet. I hadn't been on social media. And you send me a picture of CM Punk on a WWE, like, on the screen. And I was just like, is that for real? Like, that's a thing. Like, that really, they did that. I really didn't think they were going to do that. So that one threw me for a loop. I'll give them that. I really didn't think they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely did because, look, uh, we have a lot of reasons why we're not watching WWE, right? Uh, I had a post that I posted on our social media and then also on my personal social media of why I don't like the WWE. Uh, case in point being uh, Vince McMahon uh, being a sexual predator and the executive teams around him being complicit. And that includes Triple H. You can't tell me otherwise. You can't tell me that a son-in-law who's also on the executive board of WWE doesn't know about the hush payments to women that Vince McMahon allegedly sexually assaulted or raped. Just going to say that right off the jump, right? And for Ariel Hawani and those people who love to call Tony Khan the snowman, I, again, will take a cokehead over a sexual predator 12 times out of 10. So that's all why I don't watch, right? With that being said, though, WWE, in my opinion, Can is a money chase. I feel like I, I, I feel like I can't let it go. Vince McMahon is probably also a cokehead, but well, yeah, right, I mean, right, right yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Maybe, yeah, you know, <laughs> probably, but if so he's he both, is, he's a cokehead and a sexual right. predator. That's worse, but if he, <laughs> right? But like, if even if he is, I don't. That part of it, I don't care. Like, do drugs? Drugs are fine in my book as long as you're being responsible. It's your next Spanish Announce Table t-shirt. Do drugs. Drugs are fine. Drugs are cool. It just, you got to be responsible. They are fine. (laughs) Love them. Love it. But with all that being said, um, I believe that, uh, I believe that WWE doesn't care about pro wrestling. I think WWE cares about money. And now obviously we're in a capitalist society. We all care about money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they will go to any length to make the dollar. Also on the other side, I believe CM Punk likes his way of living and looked at the landscape of his choices and said to himself, if I want to keep my way of living, I need to tuck my tail between my legs and go back to WWE. So it's a match made in shit. So of course it would happen. Like the the idea that it happened isn't shocking. 
it's not shocking, but I'm surprised they did it just because of the liability. Like he's such a, but I guess it pays for himself. Well, yeah. And yeah, it pays for himself. And then if something were to happen, they could just be like, well, look, we tried as well. And he's just too much. Right. Like it's a win, win. You're right. He's a son of a bitch. And we're exactly. (laughs) We, we knew it the first time, but we're a company of second chances. And he burned through that one as well. Right. They're they're in a win win. The only yeah, they look really golden. Has, yep. Yeah. The only person who really has something to lose, honestly, is CM Punk. Um, and I think, you know, we'll talk about maybe his promo on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I think he did lose. And you know, I shared with you an article on Substack, uh, written oh, by so a good. gentleman. Yeah, written by a gentleman named Chad Dundas, uh, who is a fantastic writer, also a great podcaster, co-main event podcast. Yeah. Uh, he lays out why it was bad and. It's not from a, it's not from a moralistic standpoint, right? It's not from how I was talking about why I don't watch WB. It was literally from like the character standpoint of why it failed. Fantastic article. Uh, we posted it on our social media. Check it out there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everything was a dud. Was a dud. Everything, everything was a dud, man. And I, I've said a million times on here, and people know my feelings about. You know, the CM Punk, Phil Brooks, which, you know, the, the, there's a gray area there, right? We don't know when we're getting who there. Um, I just, I don't know how people haven't seen exactly what happened on Raw. And you know what? I, I didn't even see it. But I've, I've heard enough people say what he said now. And what Chad Dundas, that's the name, right, said mm-hmm. is 100% spot on in just that, like, it is exactly everything opposite of the character and the story they've ever told about about CM Punk and the story mm-hmm. that CM Punk has ever told elsewhere. It was a complete what the fuck moment and just feels weird, right? Just feels weird. And I almost kind of hope they wrote it and told him, you got to fucking say it. That's what I hope happens, right? Like, because that's what it kind of felt like. It was like, how did he fucking say like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go out and say that. Yeah, it feels to me that it's one of those things where, so I haven't liked the CM Punk character. Now, let, let's take, a, let me uh, do a quick timeout. I'm separating now, going forward, the man Phil Brooks and the character CM Punk. So when I say CM Punk, I'm talking about CM Punk. I'm not talking about the, the man Phil Brooks. Um, so with that being said, I haven't liked CM Punk since he came back to collision and was booking himself or Tony was booking him as Hulk Hogan, 1984 CM Punk must must pose at the end. And that was just a caricature of what CM Punk never was right. CM Punk was always fight the system in the WWE. And then when he came to AEW, it was, here's my chance to then become and help all of these people that I've always said I was wanting to do. But in turn, what he really did, even though he did work with young talent like Darby Allen and at the end, Ricky Starks, was CM Punk must pose. And that's just not entertaining to me. And when he came over to WWE, it felt like the exact same thing. I'm the best. Remember me? Hey. And it's like, that's not entertaining. Like, that's not, I don't care for that person. You know what I mean? So I'm not interested from a character standpoint let's you know separate the man himself the character from jump in wwe since his return was lame there was no mission statement there was no uh identity there was no structure there was no framework 
Why am I tuning in next week? He gave me no reason to tune in. No reason. To next week's yeah. show. So I've said this before too, right? And some of these names I'm about to say are old, and so maybe I don't mean exactly these names, right? But like I said, WWE is starting to kind of become pro wrestling with the stars in some ways, right? And like, oh, well, yeah. let's bring back Cena. Let's bring in a Batista Reno. Let's get Logan Paul in here, the Bad mm -hmm. Bunny. And I'm like, at least do that then, man. If you're going to give me the lame stuff, at least give me some of the people who are, like, good at what they, you know what I mean? Like, the acting, the whatever. At least let's try some of that. So, mm -hmm. like, I'm not to discredit that, like, if a name like CM Punk and, and, and a person who could tell some stories were to go there, then it might do well for their product, right? But if he's, I think it's back to similar to what he was railing this first time. If he's got to say what they want him to say, it's not going to be good. <laughs> that's the problem with them over there. What they write isn't good. Mm -hmm. One storyline has been good in a while. And it's has its issues, you know? So like, I don't know what this is going to be. And it makes me in no way want to watch it. it. So it's fine for me. I'm like, great, fine. I don't like watching him. I don't like watching them. Totally cool. Fine. Whatever. Right. And you mm -hmm. know what? To his credit, he didn't come out dunking on, on AW. Because, you know, you shouldn't. You got fired. But that's not to stop a guy like him, right? So, mm. I don't know. I just, I, I I never thought he was good. The only time I ever thought he felt genuine was when he was being a whiny bitch. So, I never got why people like that. Because I'm like, it's just being a whiny bitch. And I don't get mm -hmm. it. Jeffrey Sills in the chat here, right? He said, what up, turds? Your boy's in the building. Sorry for the late join. I had to put the children to bed because it's Spanish announce table time. Saw that nothing burger of a promo. Definitely not the same feeling when he made the first dance. Uh, and then he said he never liked punk because he was a hypocrite then, and he's still a hypocrite. And that's it. That promo is a hypocrite. And that's kind of what Chad Dundas gets at, not to, like, spoil mm. the article, right? But, like, yeah. it's that I'm home. The fuck you are. You never felt at home there. Mm -hmm. And the whole time you were gone, you shit-talked him. Especially when you went to AEW, you shit-talked him. You even said to MJF that you were like, well, you're going to go over there and go have fun. I'll still be here. <laughs> and now you're over there saying I'm home. You're you're telling people to go choke on a blood money-covered dick, right? Like, what? Dude, I'm home is really... He was annoying, aggressive asshole before, but now it's like... That feels pathetic, man. Like, that feels weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would say when he was being, you know, obnoxious in AEW, you could make the argument of like, well, but his moral high ground or or his, his philosophy on life is at least genuine, right? Like, you could say, hey, he's fighting for things that I agree with, but he's kind of doing an annoying sure. fucking way, so, right? But now, like you said, he was saying... Oh, go to Saudi Arabia. And it's like, well, now that that's you. So like, are you going to address the things that you don't like about where you're at? And, and to your point saying that you're home, yeah, you never said that. Now I get it. Right. There, there is a story you could tell where you said, Hey, I am finally home. I, I railed against, the, against this place. But then when I left, I realized it was everything I needed, but brother, you never said that. Right. You always said, WWE is the hellhole of pro wrestling. Well, even in the promo itself, though, right? Even in the promo itself, notwithstanding the I'm home, I'm happy to be here is weird. He then says, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Well, what are you? But 
<laughs> like right. I guess yeah. I guess both of those could exist at the same time. I guess I guess I won't mm-hmm. shit talk him too much there. Um, but Jeffrey Sills in the chat here. And by the way, if you're watching live, join the chat. Ask us some mm-hmm. questions. Talk to us. Talk to each other. Fuck it. He says, "Is Punk going to finish the story?" before Cody. I don't think Punk ever gets his hands on a world title again. Will he challenge for it? Sure. But I don't think they're ever like, yeah, let's let's have him oh, I think hoisting one of our title belts. Oh, I think he will. I think he'll 100% be Seth Rollins. Yeah. I think he's beating Seth Rollins. Oh, I forgot about Sooner Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. Here, honestly, you know who I feel the the worst for in the CM Punk return? And regardless of CM Seth Punk. Rollins? No, no, no. If let's just say Seth or excuse me, CM Punk hit a home run and I, it was actually cool, right? I objectively like, hey man, I hate that I say it, but it's fucking cool. Let's just say that happened. It wasn't, but regardless, the person I feel the worst for is LA Knight. LA Knight hmm. dragged, clawed, scratched, yad his way to a main event picture, yeah. which we all know. They did not want. They slow rolled yep. the fuck out of pushing L.A. night. And now they have the opportunity to say, well, hey, L.A., we, we got that. But we Punk is really drawn. Look, he, he sold the most shirts. And so we've got to put him in this spot. So if you want to work with, like, uh, Dominic Mysterio on the opener, like, that's great, but, but we just don't got any room for it you. Is, like that's who I think gets pushed. It to the is bottom. one of the weirdest things to me that they do that still to this day. They do that to, mm-hmm. to Brian Danielson, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan. You know, they've done that. They tried to do that to Mick Foley forever. Sami like, Zayn. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Well, and he's yeah. another one. I I do think. Now I think he is charismatic enough and stubborn. I think. This is just me as an outside perspective. I think Sammy Knight has been around long enough in WWE to push the right buttons to say, you ain't fucking putting me in the backseat where LA Knight doesn't have that cachet or that political Mm -hmm. backing to where if he said it, he could then also stay in that spot. Sammy Zayn, I do think will kind of get pushed a little bit to the side, but LA Knight, I mean, RIP, I think he's, he's done. In my book, I think. Jeffrey Sill says if they were smart, they would do the MJF thing with LA Knight and book a feud with Punk. I mean, that could be good stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, and this is just my opinion. MJF, CM Punk is, I said, one of my five favorite stories of all time. And I told you this, I think, off air, I think maybe in a messenger or something like that. But the story was MJF. It was MJF, and it happened to be CM yeah. Punk. That could have been Chris Jericho. That could have been Adam Cole. It was MJF's origin story of how he became who he is today. Yeah. Oh, more on that later. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about that too. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, do you have any more CM Punk stuff? No, let's keep it going. Yeah, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. This guy. All right. So, that was hashtag tweet the table. We we introduced hashtag thread the table. You can follow us on Twitter or threads or all of the social medias. Use hashtag uh, or use SpanishNounceTable.net, excuse me, uh, for all the links. Tom. Another way that folks can get in touch with us is to drop us a voicemail. You can even drop us a video chat mail, right? If you want, give a couple minutes, right? Tops here. Like, let's, let's not make this a thing. Uh, drop it in the, to tableshow at gmail.com, right? And just, mm-hmm. you know, give us a topic. Give us a thought or a, or a question, right? And somebody who does this religiously almost every single week is Ash Hendricks, and he dropped us another voicemail. And here it goes, Tom. 
What up, boys? It's me again. I'm doing another one. Fuck it. Why not? Um, my apologies for the last clip because I felt like I took it a little too personally. Like I felt personally aggrieved when I when uh at the in that last one, and that was quite embarrassing. So I do apologize for that one. Uh, at the end of the day, you know what I mean. Get your money. So I don't want to see this geezer on my screen no more personally. Even though I am a fan. Because obviously, because what's the the negativity that surrounds him will just follow him and make everything crap. But get your money, go get the money. I barely watch that shit anyway, so I'm probably I'm probably not gonna pay much attention. So whatever. <clears throat> My question for the week is: pick three moments of wrestling history that you would erase, and why. Yeah, that's it. Uh, also, actually, also, why am I? Why am I the only person that's doing these? Like, because like we got we got, like a little bit of a tangent here, but obviously, a lot of us that listen to this show listen to the week in review, and we all were doing weekly voice notes and all this nonsense. So, why am I the only person here in the in the glorious Spanish announce table voicemail every week? Come on, what's wrong with you people? Everyone listening to you, you know, heavy where you at? Sorry, Justin. Kiwi, where you at? Kato, where you at? Fourth row, I see you there in the chat, boy. You, you guys, you guys better do some fucking clips next week, or I'm, I'm gonna come find you where you are and steal all your shoes. You know what I mean? Anyways, I'm gonna go drink a beer and uh, enjoy the rest of my Thursday evening. I should probably watch Dynamite now. Actually, now I've got the time to do so. Anyways, bye, lads. Uh, yeah, hey, lest your shoes be stolen, you should heed the warning of Ash Hendricks and drop us a voicemail. Like I said. If you want to do a video chat, do that too, man. I, I'm open. I, I'm willing to see what you look like. So, Tom, three moments you would erase from pro wrestling mm-hmm. history. And I think I'm going to go first on this one because it's go fucking ahead. CM Punk. I would take away the CM Punk AEW return. And as cool as that pop was, and even as great as that storyline was, MJF still gives us bangers. We don't need it in his career. I'm done with CM Punk, dude. I would, because then I don't feel like we have to talk about him then. Then I feel like we don't have to talk about him now, and I'm just fucking done with it, right? So that would be my number one CM Punk returns ever. I wish he just would have stayed gone. Okay, all right. Well, then I'm gonna go. So we're gonna do this uh, kind of ping pong. Yeah, yeah we'll ping forth. pong it. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm kind of gonna go all across the board. One's gonna be because of a story. The other two are kind of. I just really hated it and thought it was stupid. First one I'm gonna go with though. Fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon. Remember that? Mm, yeah, that that's was, good. That's good. No one believed it. No one liked it. No one tried it again. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was just dead on arrival. And here's the worst part. They kept going with it. Jim Ross was yeah. pulling that. And it was like, dude, you, okay, two weeks, I get it. But they did that for six months at yeah. least. That was so so. Awful. From what I'm to understand, that's because they were trying to assert in the lawsuit that that like the characters were theirs and that they could put them on somebody else. So them mimicking Diesel and Razor Ramon over there as Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were stealing the characters. And their argument was, we're the characters, bro. And they're like, nuh-uh, the characters are well, ours. Look, we'll put them on somebody else. <laughs> it's like, yeah. God damn it. It was, it was awful. No one liked it. No one enjoyed it. The people didn't like yeah. doing it. I don't think uh, WWE enjoyed it either. I think they were like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> you got to yeah. hire these fucking... Just- well i mean they got kane out of it so i mean yeah well yeah i mean he he did some other things after that too but yeah it was just it, it was just awful it's one of the worst things jeffrey sills 
is chiming in also. His number one is Brawl Out, kind of similar to the, along the lines. That I, I love that. Here. I love Brawl Out. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I was thinking Brawl for All. I was thinking the boxing one. Mm. Um, Brawl Out. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Hey, we had a moment. We're sitting there at a stop sign in our chairs <laughs> watching the video with some some international fans. That was a moment in my life. There was, was yeah, great. it was people from all over. Yeah, that was a great time. It will yeah. never be replicated. Yeah, that was a great time <laughs> yeah. for us. We love Brawl. Yeah, he also said Lita and Edge. That's a good one. I hope we're not spoiling any of our own that are coming out here, but that was not on my list. I love, when, what do you mean Lita and Edge? Like when they paired together or when they cheated on Matt Hardy? I, I'm assuming that's what he means, but I kind of because like I love <laughs> rated R Edge with Lita, and that was yeah, love. live sex celebration, man. Um, so my number two is the WCW invasion, and even as a greater whole, just McMahon buying WCW, right? But like the WCW invasion, even most particularly, was just fucking awful, right? Mm-hmm. I would rather they just wipe it away and have done nothing than gave us that. Yeah, so bad. I mean, you, <laughs> I understand you got why some, and all the circumstances yeah. that happened, but it was bad. Yeah, you got some good stuff. For example, you got RVD versus Jeff Hardy for the hardcore title. That was pretty cool. Um, I did get one cool moment out of it. There was a SmackDown in Kansas City where Kurt Angle approached Taz, who was on commentary, and was like, "You join in the, you join in the the other guys, you join in the other guys," and he took him out. And then at the end of the show, ECW invaded and I got to see Sandman and the Dudleys. And then I got to see Taz with a fucking bloody ass head walking out, choking out Kurt Angle. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. But yes, I agree with you. As a whole, you would rather see Goldberg and staying in the NWO than DDP and Chuck Palumbo and (laughs) those kind of Lance Storm. Uh, So I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I got you there. That's a good one. All right. My number two is another one that was just annoying. The anonymous GM. It served mm. no purpose. It could have just been done without the fucking annoying computer. It went on way too long. And then it was a fucking wet fart. I think it ended up being Hornswoggle, right? Wasn't that the, the payoff? It was Hornswoggle. Just dog shit all around. Served no purpose uh, and just a waste of time. Michael Cole should not be talking that long in front of large audiences. So that also sucked. Um, so, yeah, Anonymous GM, get the fuck out of here. Before we move on, Jeffrey Todd says, it would have been funny if WWE brought back a fake CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, if they did like Bill Crooks or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh, Jeffrey says, Taz never breaks his neck in my hometown at the War Memorial Theater. Mm, love Taz. Love Taz. Taz, Taz. is the shit. Taz. One of my favorites. All, All right, time. so my third one, this one I'm coming in hot too, Tom. Third one I would wipe off is Brock Lesnar ending the streak. I didn't like that. I thought that should have, that was just a whole story. They just kind of were like, ah, you know, we'll just give it to this guy who like already beat the shit out of everybody already. Like we knew he was an unstoppable monster. Like that was nothing new. You know what I mean? Like we already had Brock Lesnar established as that. It just felt weird. Like the moment was shocking. I'll give it that. But after that, it was just kind of like, ah, why did we do that? I like that moment. (laughs) <laughs> i do here's the reason why yeah. if you recall yes brock lesnar was brock lesnar but brock lesnar when he came back lost to cena in his first pay-per-view mm-hmm. match 
then he was kind of just hanging around not really doing some stuff did some bullshit with triple h that fucking sucked but then what you got off of him ending the streak was then him fucking murdering john cena at SummerSlam. remember that's what it built to that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we could have just done that. We could have just did that. The thing yeah, with the but... Undertaker one was like, for me, it was because because Brock Lesnar was already there, right? Because Brock Lesnar was already Brock Lesnar, he was already a massive orangutan of a human being. Mm-hmm. It just made the Undertaker feel like he just got old, right? It was like, oh, he finally got God. I know, but like, we should have like, there should have been a story instead of just like, oh, he just got old. Like, I just, I didn't like that. It was weird. Well. And fuck the street. Fuck to me, I would have told that story more where it, I would have drawn it out more where the Undertaker was the one chasing the streak at the end, right? Like, and that's kind of what happened there, like with Brock Lesnar. But I would have drawn that out more, right? Like mm-hmm. a couple people where he had to damn near lose, right, um, to the young up and comers to prove he's still hot. Had it until one finally got him, I guess, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's kind of what happened in some essence. I guess wasn't no, but I get cover, it, obviously. But you know. Yeah, no, I get it. It totally, totally makes sense. Why? I, like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I, it was fine with me. But, all right. Yeah. So my third one, my third one goes to, I think the story was told wrong. I don't necessarily hate it. I kind of liked after he did this, the chaos that ensued. But if you told the story, how I would have told the story, you wouldn't have done this. And it's Macho Man joining the NWO. If you recall, uh. it was Hulk Hogan who gave Macho Man the leg drop, right? So of the three guys yeah. in WCW, Lex Luger got put to the back, right? He was already off. Sting was on the ground, and it was Macho Man who took the the fucking stake to the heart, right? And I love that Sting became the crow and that vigilante, but I would have had the polar opposite of the crazy man trying to take down the system by just running full speed into the to the meat grinder 100%. and getting taken. You know what I mean? He should have been the other side of against the NWO. It should have been Sting, Macho Man, and those two. So I would never have had Macho Man join the NWO. It would have fit so much with their old storylines, too. Like, Macho Macho never was ever cool with Hogan. Like, it was always sketch. Never schemed him out. Like, mm -mm. yeah. It was always arm's length with him and Macho. When I opened. With, with Hogan. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. No, you stand in front of me, pal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now, you know, when, when he did join the NWO, we did get madness and we got good feuds from that, right? Him and DDP was a great all-time feud. But still, I would have had yeah, Macho Man. Yeah, but he didn't Man, like further the NWO storyline much. Exactly. Know? That's what I'm saying. I would have had him be, you know, I'm not saying that this is exactly what what I'm wanting to wanted wanted to see happen, but just stay with me here. The way I thought about it is, and this is oh, I'm coming out of left field, so just stay with me. It's just an example. But if you think about how I'm out. Well, if you think about how in the civil rights movement you had one philosophy from Martin Luther King and one philosophy from Malcolm X, do you get what I'm saying? Like I, they were going okay. after the yes. same goal, but Malcolm yes. X was okay. doing it with these types of um, tactics and Martin right. Luther King was doing it with these tactics. And you could look at both of them and say they're right, but they're polar opposites. Now, again, applying those principles to pro wrestling, Macho Man would be on this side. Sting would be on this side. The civil right re- would be fighting the NWO. Do you get what I'm saying there? I like it. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm not saying yeah. it's the same thing, but I'm saying the the philosophy and framework is what I would apply to the pro wrestling. Tell me more about the struggles of the black man. No, there. I'm not going to know. No, no, we're I'm not going kidding. down that. Just yeah. No. Jeffrey Sill says, remember Macho Man made a diss song about Hogan? And yeah, how can you ever forget Be a Man, Hogan? Be a Man, uh, Hogan. The best. Yeah. That's the best rap song of all time, isn't it? I mean, it's on Spotify as number one. Go look it up. Best beef song, right? Like best, mm-hmm. best diss track. Yeah, it's like, it's like no Vaseline from Ice Cube. Yeah, it's mm. like no Vaseline from Ice Cube. Uh, it's um, probably Wankster by 50 Cent, and then it's Be a Man yep. by Macho Man. Top three. By Macho Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, top five. Yeah. Top yeah. top five, according to Jeffrey Sills there in the mm-hmm. chat. So that was the voicemail. See how fun these can be? If you give us a voicemail, tableshow at gmail.com, drop it in our email uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're new, make sure once in a while, let us know if you, if you're on other social medias, you might let us know, Hey, by the way, drop an email, you know, emails, uh, you know how they are. We get a hundred of them a day. Fan mail, fan, all the time, all fan, the time. Mail. fan mail, all the time. You and can't read it on, on the president's podcast asking and, to borrow know. money, all, all the that time. kind of stuff. So all the time. So what we're here to talk about the, 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 you know, what's the, the, the entree here, right? The, the final course, AEW dynamite was last night, Tom, you live threaded last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had a blast doing so. This yes, dynamite, look, I'm going to say, I, I don't think a whole lot of things moved me a whole lot. I think they did some good storytelling in some segments, and the rest of the show was fine, but there's still some good stuff that I'm going to talk about. As, as, oh, like, I about like it, right? Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it was that great. Yeah. I like this one a lot, and I'll tell you why here. So let's get into it as we go along. I'll give you my two cents. Uh, but last night's show kicked off with the Continental Classic Gold League, and it started off with the first matchup, John Moxley versus Jay Lethal, Brian Danielson on commentary. Uh, I thought that was a key uh. point because it kind of alluded to, hey, by the way, the finals could be Moxley versus Danielson, right? Uh, and so we mm-hmm. get John Moxley versus Jay Lethal kind of one way traffic. It was a good technical bout. I thought Moxley showed a different side of his wrestling it wasn't forks to the head and bleeding and you know hard hitting much like how the uh briscoe match was no with light him. Tubes. That was more, yeah there's no light no. tubes but last week's match with moxley and briscoe was more hard hitting briscoe ended up bleeding this one was okay well guess what moxley can also put a texas cloverleaf on your ass you know what i mean and so we had moxley jay lethal moxley picks up the win he now has six points two and oh in the gold league, Jay lethal falls to Oh, and two. What do you think about the match? What do you think about the results? Jay lethal is in this league to eat a lot of these pins. More of that is in his future. He's going to get a win or two here, right? Like they're going to do that. They, you know, they know who's who they're going to put in the final. So like they can play with the other matches, right? It doesn't really have to do it. I liked this again. It's a great opening match. Moxley, Jay Lethal. These are two seasoned professionals. They've worked together before. I'm, I'm presuming just where their paths might have crossed, right? Um, but works know how to work each other's style pretty well, right? Uh, liked this, and I like this Continental Classic thing. This is across the show. These matches are sprinkled in and will be over the next course of the weeks, and that's great because we get a series of matchups that we otherwise wouldn't. And we don't have to come up with nonsense, right? Like we can, we just have these matches that maybe not would occur, but you can put main event level folks or on the cusp in matches 
without there having to necessarily go into a feud each time, right? We don't necessarily need the story. We have an, an overarching story of a prize that they're after. So I like this a lot. Yeah, uh, it does give the show structure to where if you don't know what's going on and you just say to a person that's tuning in for the first time, like say it's a tournament match, they at least understand that there's stakes and the winner advances. Or the win- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes... This is you how know, you would do get, it. Yeah, because sometimes when you'll get matches, if you're showing someone who's never seen it, they're like, well, why would they fight tonight? And you're like, well, so here's the long-winded version of yeah. why chuck yeah. would wrestle you know jeff jarrett tonight right yeah. but with this no it's like standings. it's a yeah like what's yeah. this guy ranking? Like, uh yeah. they used to do that right they used to do the rankings they just stopped doing that all together or do they still do that i think they stopped doing it but um yeah i like that it gives it structure uh mm-hmm. so yeah that's 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 my two cents on it uh after this we get a backstage promo from collision where eddie kingston uh, talks about his upcoming match with Brian Danielson, how he lost to Brody King, which knocked my socks off. I did not see Eddie Kingston losing the first match in this tournament. Um, nope. I also then learned that he didn't lose his titles because that's how I thought this was going to be is he was the champion. Whoever beat him then became the champion. Not the case. It's the winner takes all. So Eddie Kingston could lose two or three, somehow get into the finals and win and still keep his championships. So that was interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting to know. So that makes me feel like Kingston's going to at least be in the semifinals. Because what would happen if he just didn't qualify for the semifinals? Is the title vacant until the winner of the whole thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's yeah some things that still need to be ironed out. But Eddie Kingston... Yeah, cutting a great yeah. promo here where he talks about how he's not going to get into this self-hating cycle. He's going to overcome. He has Danielson Saturday. He's going to be focused and ready. And then we go back to commentary, which Brian Danielson, Danielson is still at. And he says, are you serious, Eddie? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm at an all-time high. I broke my orbital bone. Do you know the shape I'm in? I'm beat up, but I'm coming in and I'm going to kick your ass. So it was great to see these polar opposites of like, hey, I got knocked down, but I'm going to be okay. And then uh, I don't give a fuck if I have one eye. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass. I know. Like, He's like, oh, you're going to be ready for me? Like, like, oh, you think so? Like, all right. Yeah. Right for this foot up your great. ass, son. Yeah, <laughs> love it. it yeah. was great. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, the, the, the alpha. Like, oh no, like uh, you know what I mean. Like, like just everybody positioning. Like, well, of course I'm going to win this tournament, right? And everybody's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, motherfucker, I'm about to beat your ass. Love it. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, very cool to see the polar opposites, but still the same message of I'm going to win. You know what I mean? So Jeffrey Sill says it's shocking kayfabe wise to lose to Brody, but in real life situation, Brody wins that fight nine times out of 10. I mean, I don't know. Eddie Kingston's got some good hands. He trains at an American top team. He can, he can, he's done some kickboxing matches. He's done some kickboxing, some legit kickboxing. Got a shiv on him. Guaranteed. He has a shiv on him. Yeah. I mean, I'd fuck him up, but I don't know about Brody King. Uh, (laughs) Kidding. He's got, Um, got, yeah, he he can fight. Guaranteed. Yeah. All right, so then we go backstage, and Tony Schiavone's there, and he says, guess who we're going to bring up? We're going to bring up two old pals of mine. It's Sting and Ric Flair. And we talk about how in the Greensboro Coliseum, Sting, who had his first title match against Ric Flair, is going to end his career in that same stadium, I guess, or venue, uh, at the next pay-per-view, 
that we got coming up after World's End, obviously. And so be on the lookout. I thought, look, these are three well-seasoned veterans in the pro wrestling world. I think what I like the most about this is we're getting the ball rolling on the end of Sting's career. It It's fitting, and I think it's justified to do it this far in advance. It would feel a disservice if we did three weeks and then his last match by Sting, right? Doing this months in yeah. advance to get us ready for that moment. I'm going to ball, Tim. Tim, we're going to have to watch this together. I am going to fucking cry a river on on your shoulder i am going to lose it i'm gonna lose there emotionally for you yeah Yeah. um (laughs) it's time to pull your friend card right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah listen um yeah listen there's there's death of a loved one and sting retiring man i'm only calling you twice man (laughs) yeah only twice this is one of them um yeah I feel weirded out by Ric Flair being here for this. I, I know, like, it's probably leading to something storyline-wise for it, right? But, I, man, I really don't think it needed it, and maybe it's Sting wants it, right? But, like, I just I, – oh, and, man, after Ric Flair kept talking for a while, I was like, this guy's still talking? Like, what is this guy mm-hmm. doing here? It's like, it was like, this is not about you, man. I just – I don't know. I, I will give uh, Ric Flair a little credit in the sense that he said, hey, I didn't make Sting. Sting made himself. He's yeah. the guy that, you know, beat me. And then we went backstage and it was the the locker room who put him over, not me. Right. So he did give Sting the credit he deserved. I like yeah. that. I do agree with yeah. you, though. It was long winded. And the pro wrestling trope is kind of like a gun uh, in a stage. Uh, production the the gun has to go off if rick flair is standing yeah. next to you the dirtiest player in the game then he's going to fuck you over somehow right your, so like your your biggest rival of your career yeah something has to happen there that's the thing that i'm i'm waiting on but i don't know who knows or is this the like is this also a thing where rick flair is is also saying like this is the last thing right oh no they signed into a multi-year contract didn't they but it could just be like a legend, like go around signing. Yeah, legend, but yeah, like, yeah. this is it. We're both, you know what I mean? Like we're both right out. Never to be seen again. Ric Flair will never go away. He will die no. in the ring or mm-hmm. under a woman, as he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will be how he goes. Yeah, yeah I just, but- I don't know. I'm like, I, you know, fine. We'll get there. There's more to tell. And that's how I'm leaving it for now. Yeah, I'm just being positive and patient. If you guys remember that phrase back in the day about... That how we're giving sting the proper buildup to the end of his career. Because as we mentioned, pro wrestling, MMA retirements are kind of done with a wink and a pinch of salt. I believe truly that this is going to be stings last match. I do not think he's ever going to come back and wrestle again. If a, if a pro wrestler tells you they're retiring, check to make sure you still have your wallet. Except for Sting. That's what I'm saying. Except for Sting. Except because for Sting. To his, Except for Sting. <laughs> to, yeah. Because to his credit, when he retired in WWE, he said, you know, expect the unexpected. He did say that. He said, hey, maybe not. Right. This one, though, he is saying final finite dunzo. So that's why I believe. All right. Until, let's keep it moving here. Until no. 
he gets a five million dollar check offered him to go over to saudi arabia and take on the undertaker he's not Shawn michaels god dang it okay god grow up five million dollars might turn you into Shawn michaels Hey, I'll read the Bible with Shawn Michaels if he wants to. <laughs> Justin uh, Floor, who, by the way, gave us an awesome thread the table, use threats, uh, says, what if Flair interferes with Sting's match and then we get mm-mm. Sting versus Flair? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, Thomas having a panic attack right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was even, I'm even like against the idea that, you know, it was reported that we were going to get a CM Punk Stone Cold Steve Austin. That also does not have me excited because those guys in the state of their career, CM Punk being the most unathletic pro wrestler I've ever seen, uh, that's going to be a shit show. So just imagine that at two 70 year olds. I don't want to see that at all. No, 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 no. So, so CM Punk can't do his own finishing move. And Steve Austin has to rely on the person to do his finishing move correctly for him. Honestly, if we're being yeah. honest about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't have faith that he'll do that. So yeah. yeah. No, don't want to see that. And I definitely don't want to see sting and, and flair. I- Jeffrey Sills says, don't wish that harm on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> don't, Justin, don't. Go, go wash your hands of that timeout. You're in timeout. Yeah, You're in timeout. You gotta, you gotta say five. No chat for the next three minutes. Yeah, you gotta say five table shows. This is your three Hail minute Marys. warning. <laughs> your yeah. three minute. Oh man, that was cool. All right, let's get back on track here. Let's get back into the ring. Right. We get another Continental Classic match. This time, it is a hard hitting affair between Mark Briscoe and uh, Man. They smack the fuck out of each other here. Uh, back and forth. Roosh picks up the victory. He is now having three points in the tournament because he suffered a first round loss. And Mark Briscoe still with the goose egg. Oh, and two in the tournament. What say you about this match and the results, Tim? Match was good. Um, you're right, man. Roosh. That's meat. right? There's meat up in there. Uh, with mm-hmm. Roosh, man, he goes hard. Um, again, Continental Classic rolling along. I like this again. I, I had no other reason to be if you just paired this match and was like, We're having this match tonight. We would have been like, Why? And it wouldn't have mattered, right? So, here again, mm-hmm. this is easy money and you can do this semi often regularly. So, I love this. Um, and again, not much to say though in that regard is from an analytics standpoint, right? Like, there's not much to break down necessarily, right? But um yeah i think more of the story that we'll be able to break down will come in the later weeks the you know nearing nearing the end of this this round robin right who's gonna be like fighting for that positioning that's when it's gonna get real good yeah we're getting the ball rolling and kind of structuring who will tell what story um and yeah it should be interesting what story mark briscoe tells also be interesting what story roosh tells because like you said He's got some lean meat going on, and those chops and he are a did motherfucker. Eat that gum off of the mat. He oh, did. that was so great. Mark Briscoe deserves the fucking, like, if there's a game ball for episodes, he deserves the game ball for having the gum fall out of his missing front teeth and then grabbing him like, I still want to chew this. I tried the best. so hard to get our, our photo here to be of Mark that? Briscoe's making a face in the camera 
but he never stood still long enough that it wasn't blurry. <laughs> he's just yep. so fun. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's he's awesome. I'm excited to see uh, as his character develops because obviously the Briscoes are an all time team tag team, and no one should ever forget about that. However, I am excited to see what stories Mark Briscoe on his own can tell in AEW slash Ring of Honor. So excited about that. Because now he's an, an even more unique character, as it were, right? Like he was mm-hmm. unique from his brother in some ways, but they were very alike in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so they were a yep. tandem. And they were always a tag team. So it will be interesting to see the standalone Mark Briscoe who has no no peer. Right. Exactly. All right. Now we go backstage and we get black and white. We go back in time because we have timeless Tony Storm and she is resting her title on her forehead. And she says, it is far too loud here. And she uh, <laughs> asks, how, how does it feel? Not well. She brings up JFK for some reason. I don't know. Uh, and she says she's dehydrated. And then RJ City says, uh, I think you have a title defense next week. Are you worried? No, no, I'm not worried. And then she requests her shoes to be removed and RJ city <laughs> removes her shoes. And that's what we get. Yeah. It's so good. I, I love everything Tony Storm's doing right now. And even with this, where like this didn't necessarily move the storyline on, but we get that later. We get that yes, later. We do. Um, and we get RJ city and any segment with RJ city, I think is a good segment. He's good. Uh, He's real good. And- and then we go into the ring and we get two of uh, the better promo segments of the night. A maybe bit of the of gout. The I forgot. She did say she had a bit of the gout. That's right. Yeah. Jeffrey Sills in the chat with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great. Great segment. All right. So then we get MJF. MJF, he comes out. He's with a cane and he brings up World's End. And in a roundabout way, I don't want to get too long winded here, but he says, essentially, if it wasn't for Samoa Joe, and the type of person he is and the type of wrestler he was, there may never be an AEW and there may never be an MJF because he broke the mold of what the pro wrestler can do and what the pro wrestler can look like. Awesome. Then he switches gears and he says, but if you motherfuckers think that I'm losing to that guy, you're fucking wrong because I'm also paving my own way to fucking get this shit going. Then he breaks the cane and he's like, I'm the fucking man, right? And he does all that stuff. And then the lights go out. And then here comes four masked men and they take down MJF. One of them has a baseball bat. Right as he rears back, Samoa Joe comes out, takes his feet from him, chases him off. Now, I want to pause right here. First, before we go into the devil and all of that what do you think of the the kind of roundabout compliment that mjf mjf is giving to samoa joe and what did you think about the first half of this promo uh yes i like that Uh, very easy way to you know continue this mjf as a face uh you know i feel like it's it's kind of something he's told before about the greatness of his opponent right like with with Mm -hmm. adam cole so like he's he's good at that but what he said about Samoa Joe is in every way true as mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Samoa Joe proved you don't need to be an athletic bodybuilder to survive in this business had been proven before by by many other folks. But, like, you know, I get it. We're telling a story here. Um, uh, Jeffrey Sill says, I was watching Samoa Joe matches in TNA. He was athletic as fuck. He was. Uh, I agree. 
Um, yeah, I, I like that. But that did, in hindsight, feel like, okay, that was just more to tell us, you know, or more to set us up for where we're where we're heading now with this devil thing, right? These these devils, demons, goons, whatever we're going to call them, attack. Right. They got yeah. they got pictures of the devil on their back now. And the lights are flickering. Yeah, so the lights flicker, the four of them come out, Samoa Joe makes the save, grabs the bat, chases them off. I will say this. Now, it hasn't been established that there are four goons and the devil, right? Right. There could just Nobody be Nobody said a that ma- yet. Right. There could just be a mass amount of goons that the devil has at his, you know, at his. Yeah, he only brings call, a couple right? at a time. Right. So I think we need to maybe establish what is this? Is this a group or is this just one man and he can call on goons for the rest of his time as being the devil? Right. One thing that I would say that didn't work in the devil's favor here is man Samoa Joe just grabbed one of their one of their foots one of their feet pulled them out and they just run nothing else happened powdered out like holy they shit just, woo, woo, woo. Like, so is that because this was a predetermined spot even in the kayfabe world they knew Samoa Joe's gonna pull the leg powder out ooh mm. Well, I've got a theory, but I'll say I'll put a pin in it and we'll get to it really quick. But yes, maybe, possibly. I never considered that. I thought instantly, I was like, man, they look like bitches. They just ran off. They didn't even throw a punch at anyone. Yep. MJF didn't even get a punch in on anyone. That was the other thing. Yep, nope. so, with all that being said, then we get a message up on the big screen where he says, uh, you know, something about in the shadows or something, blah, blah, blah. Uh, will you take on two of the masked men next week? Yeah. And will you be a hit hero, MJF? And MJF says, you motherfuckers, yeah, I will. And Samoa Joe's like, stop, man. Like, listen, like, slow yeah, down. Bitch. Yeah. And Joe's and, and MJF's like, nope, we're gonna do it. And Joe's like, God damn it. All right, fine. Cause I gotta protect your dumbass. And so next week, I guess, we're gonna be getting two masked men, potentially. I don't know, maybe not masked. So, Taking on Samoa yeah, maybe Joe they'll be and masked. Jeff. Maybe they won't. I think the the will you be a hero thing is interesting. This makes me feel mm-hmm. like they're going to be having a tag team match against these masked guys. We're going to hit the screen, and somebody, presumably Adam Cole, is in peril. And MJF has to be a hero to save him. Now leaving Samoa Joe to defend himself. And now we've got even worse things going on. I like that, Tim. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a mm-hmm. good yep. thought. That's where I think we're going, but I don't know. We'll see. We will see. It's interesting. So here's where I came into. I'll put. I'll take the pin out now, and we'll move on to the next segment. And I maybe had a bad observation. Just maybe he's just an unkempt bitch. But next up, we get Ar Fox versus Wardlow, and it sure looked like Wardlow just took off a mask. His hair was all, you know. So what I'm saying is, was he one of the four guys that was attacking MJF, right? Was he the guy with the bat that Samoa Joe grabbed and then said, oh, fuck, I'm caught. I better get out of here. Got a match next. Let's take off this fucking devil mask and go beat the fuck out of AR Fox. 
What do you think about that? Jeffrey says there will be at least one reveal next week. And he says, that's good writing, Tim with the pencil. Thanks. Yeah. Um, hire us. Hire Tim and Tom, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're watching. I know you're watching, Tony. I know you're watching. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. Could it be Warlow? So so here's the situation, right? So we've got that tag team match, like I'm saying. There's two masked individuals. Mm-hmm. We get the Adam Coles in peril. MJF's about to run off. Smojo's like, you son of a bitch. Don't you mm-hmm. fucking do it, right? And he runs off anyway, and Samoa Joe's like, fuck. And he's fighting off whatever. And Samoa Joe's a badass. He can handle himself. He manages to get the better of these two guys. He rips one of their masks off. It's fucking Wardlow, or it's whomever, right? While the other one escapes. And then Wardlow escapes, too. And now we know who one of these motherfuckers is, right? And now, all of a sudden, it's, what the fuck, right? So maybe it's not Wardlow, because there's a lot of, I would save that one for a later reveal, maybe. But, mm-hmm. um... But now you've got, now we're chasing after this one guy, right? And we can't find him quite like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And then maybe that guy's like, I don't know, man. It was just a man in a mask. He told me he was going to hurt my family or something, right? And they're like, how do I fucking trust you, right? Like, you can do all kinds of shit here, right? This is what I love about, this is what I said, this is what I said when when pro wrestling lost its way when everything was fucking people's champion versus authority figure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all this strange bedfellows, who did what, like, clue. Think fucking clue, right? Like, Mm -hmm. The fucking lead pipe in the conservatory, fucking Professor Plum, god damn it. Right? Yes. Like, ah, you thought that Professor right. Plum's dead. Now what's your story? Right? <laughs> like, <"Fuck."> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Next week will be interesting because if again, we're presuming that these two masked men will be taking on Samoa Joe and MJF. And to your point, will you be a hero? Is interesting. Because you could play that ad- another way too. You could say. Samoa Joe is in peril yeah. during this match. Do you save Will him? You be a hero? Because you could say, yeah, because it has him. to come to play. Because right. what, what would be the point of saying that for just saying like fight us in a tag team match? Like that's not heroic. So what? Like, well, and another thing, I didn't write it down, but I do remember something to the effect of uh, something about the shadows, right? Like some things will be put mm-hmm. into the light about MJF. This is again where his past be- could be coming to bite him in the ass where I always did X, but now I can't because everyone knows I have the diamond ring or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? This this just entered my mind and it's an intrusive thought. So it's not what I think is actually going to happen, but it would be hilarious. Okay. The devil is sting and he's after his final match to win the AEW world title and rip it away from MJF. That's not a bad idea. That's not a (laughs) bad idea. In the sense of that. He's not going to go out as the heel. (laughs) No, but it would be the, hey, I want to go out on top. You're the top guy. We've kind of always had beef, so I'm going to get you now. And it would be the person nobody expects. If we get that like rat mask reveal and it's still a painted face and sting, it would be like, what the fuck? It could even be the sting mask reveal to the sting mask. Yes. So... (laughs) I want to do something fun here, potentially fun. Maybe, maybe it's just going to be a turd in a punch bowl, but I want to ask each week until we get the reveal, who do you think the devil is this week? So Tim, it is, what is it? The 30th of November, 2023, 832 in the one true time zone. Tim, who is the devil? God damn it. Um, so I, I still think, I, well, right now I think Adam Cole. I think we could even do what I'm doing. The like, will you be a hero? Adam Cole's in peril. 
and Adam Cole is the devil, right? Like using himself as bait. So right now I'm going to say Adam Cole just because they haven't given me enough to steer me towards somebody else at the moment, right? Samoa Joe would be the number two candidate, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, man, this is a fun storyline. This is quickly mm-hmm. becoming really intriguing. Yeah. Yes. I am going with Jack Perry. Still thinking it's Jack Perry for two reasons. One, I think there were there were breadcrumbs that were planted potentially in my mind with Jack Perry going to the dark side being pushed by MJF when we did the four pillars build up and then two my reasoning and this is non storyline this is breaking kayfabe i do not think you can have Jack Perry just walk out next week and say it's Jack Perry versus uh, you know, True. Dante Martin, and everyone's gonna do yeah. CM Punk chants and all this bullshit. So you got to do something with them, and so I think that's that where you take that away from them. Jeffrey Sills in the chat here brings up a name that we're instantly probably gonna say no to, but I want to discuss a little further. And he says Britt Baker. She's been throwing a lot of shade at MJF for a long time, especially on Twitter. And she has mm-hmm. been. Now there's a way I, I feel like we've heard from the Tony Khan WB that there won't be intergender matches in AEW. Now I don't know if that is a thing or if that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I don't think they'll be doing that. But you could still have her be the devil and have Adam Cole be doing her fighting for her Mm -hmm. in this regard because now adam cole's torn bro like uh, you know what i mean like and then there's that little bit of like sympathy even on the dark side for the hero Mm -hmm. so we could we could play with a lot there i won't discredit Mm -hmm. baker being a a possibility right now that mass thing kind of fits some of the vibe of her being like i'm in fucking control right like i run this motherfucker so uh you know I wouldn't be too like if that happens. Kudos to them for for going with it. I wouldn't be too shocked. Uh, I would be shocked, but I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be yeah. I would be pleasantly surprised if that was the case. Yeah, that would be an interesting move. Uh, it would definitely throw a lot of things in chaos, which would be fun. So, can we talk about one that somebody brought up on Threads, and I don't want it to be, but because I have heard rumors that he's possibly coming to AEW at some point. Okay. And now that things are getting glitchy and people are are affecting the production of the mm-hmm. show, seemingly can tap into it. It better not be fucking Sammy Callahan. So help yeah. me God. Look, I know yeah. some people really love this guy and they're really ride or die, especially if you're mm-hmm. from the Ohio region, I guess. But like I just Man, and that's not even, I know you had said to me offline, you were like, that was kind of what he did in WWE, so that would be weird having him do that here. But even in TNA, wasn't he like, I saw him like appearing out of nowhere and shit, right? Like, yeah. did he have teleportation powers mm. Yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking, so like, ah, fuck me, man. I don't like that guy at all. I'm just going to be well, real honest. I'm no interest in it being him. The, the, the thing that I think, if Sammy Callahan does come to AEW, which definitely could be the case because uh, breaking kayfabe, him and John Moxley are very good friends. I believe Sammy Callahan would come in with some chaos that affects the Blackpool Combat Club. I could see a fracture between 
John Moxley and Brian Danielson. And then the group kind of picks a side. John Moxley may feel outnumbered because let's say Yuta and Claudio go with Danielson. So then he grabs his ride or die guy since day one and brings in Sammy Callahan. And you do that because like I mentioned to you, it would be weird if Sammy Callahan was like, Hey, remember the failed gimmick in NXT where I like tried to take over. I'm going to do it again. Like, it would be weird to reveal the devil and then have to tell us who he is. So I really, I, I would, I would hope they have the foresight to not do that. Right, mm-hmm. like, don't do that to us. That yeah. would suck. That would I suck agree. a lot. All right, yeah. let's get back in the ring here and got the hometown pop. Great to see it. We get the Hardy Boys and Brother Zay taking on Top Flight and Action Andretti. And this is your classic six-man AEW tag match. I will say, this was probably the best the Hardys have looked in quite some time. There was some good moments where they showed some good energy and it looked like maybe they did their calisthenics before the match because they were able to bend those knees, um, and it didn't look that out of place. Here's the other thing I'll say about the Hardys, though. They, they had a nice lunch not too late, right? They were right, but fiber content. Man, look, they're the Hardys, and they're going to be one of the best tag teams of all time. Their spot is not going to be... Uh, tainted by losing matches however man the only thing i've been seeing them do is lose matches you know what i mean like there's no story they lose to the young bucks they lose to top flight they lose like what are we doing i don't know it seems weird right well and we're going to talk later about adam Copeland and christian cage but if they ever get past what they're doing now and have a final run the hardies will lose to them too so like, what are we doing with the Hardys? Um, yeah, man, I just look. Okay, so who Dante Martin is top flight, mm-hmm. right? Top flight. Mm-hmm. So top flight mm-hmm. number one is back, and mm-hmm. okay, that's cool, right? Fine. And it's their but hometown. Now he's over there with private party pop. number two or whatever, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's just like ah, yeah, and it's fine. Like all oh, that was fine, and like you said, uh, I, I guess. You know, they say there's something for everybody at these shows, right? Who the fuck is this for, man? Well, this was for the hometown crowd, right? Like, they did get a big pop. This was one of the louder pops of the night. This was a louder pop than Roosh or Mark Briscoe. Credit to those guys, but it was. Um, So it was that. It was the, uh, hey, these boys are good. They're one of us. So isn't it great to see them back? Now, after the match, Top Flight uh, and Action Andretti win the match. They do a backstage interview. And Penta walks up and he goes, one, two, three. And then he looks back and here comes Ray Phoenix and Vikingo. And he goes, one, two, three. And then zero, Miedo. And it looks like we're going to get a six-man tag of Lucha Libre fun with those six individuals. And that's who it's for. All the flips and shit. Right. All of the flips and shit. Now, here's another thing, though, that I want to bring up. Quick side quest, then we'll get back on track. I do not know the longevity of Penta's career. I don't know how long he's been doing this. I know he's been back in the Lucha Underground days. I know he goes down to AAA and has the bloodiest Lucha Libre matches I've ever seen. Obviously, all of his work in AEW with the Young Bucks and all of that. My side quest, real quick, is that 
Can we get a singles push for Penta? I uh, want he's to see so charismatic. Penta yeah. Get a tight. Here's the thing. Yeah. We, Ray so, Phoenix had the international championship. We can't get Penta to get that thing. Right. Exactly. And so we'll, we'll get to the main event when we get to the main event, but there's been an online TNT title. You know what I'm saying? But there's been an online push that I support 1 million percent to see Swerve Strickland be the one to dethrone MJF. I do not hate that idea. I am for diversity. I want Swerve Strickland in the main event picture. With that being said, though, I also want Penta. Man, this is a day one motherfucker. He was at all in. Remember, he took on... Kenny Omega at all in and then Jericho beat up Kenny Omega post-match. Like this is a day one guy who deserves some this, fucking this recognition from all the work he's been. So, so MJF is having to cut promos when Alex Abrahantes is trying to speak back for Penta and MJF's just like, God damn it. Right. Like that could be so fun. That could be good stuff. Right. Oh. Um, Hey, don't discount. Penta could be the devil. He could Pinto Scudero, right? Like he could be. No, uh, no, probably not no, going that route. No. Um, before we uh, let me circle back just a tad bit. Jeffrey Sills brought okay. up a name that I, I already said we shouldn't we shouldn't reveal the devil and have to explain who they are. However, Mustafa Ali. <laughs> again, same problem. We'd have to explain who he is. Well, I'm just gonna say this. This is me. I'm just talking. This is T-Mac Tom's uh, opinion. And I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to take jobs away from people. None of that stuff. But I don't think we need anyone else on the roster. I think we've got a very, very good roster. I think the issue, this is me speaking for myself, is that I I have a fatigue of white guys. I'm tired of seeing white guy versus yeah. white guy for the title. Now, I understand at the next pay-per-view, Samoa Joe will be in the main event picture. So there is some diversity. I'm not trying to discredit the Samoan population yeah. at all. Yeah, diversity but, doesn't only mean black, right? Like, like, right, we understand exactly, that yeah. as well. Right, yes, right. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Right. don't you think the company would be more interesting if on the posters for the next card, it's not Adam Cole, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, Young Buck. Like, those are all the same fucking guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let yeah. me see Pinta. Let me see Swerve. Look, let me see Keith Lee. Yeah. Let me see some mixture. Look, that I'm, already, I think... I'm already fed up and tired with white guys in my regular life. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Especially my wrestling. Mean? God damn it. Like, yeah. I understand. Jericho, like, I don't know, fucking Boxley, enough of these guys. What yeah. the fucking hero? Of them. <laughs> yeah. Jesus so Christ. I think I think adding a little juice to AEW isn't just adding the newest free agent. It's adding diversity at the top of the card. Where again, Keith Lee, Penta, Swerve Strickland. Hell, you could even get. Um, uh, oh gosh, dang it! I can't. Jeffrey Seal says Penta should be in this tournament. Why isn't he in the tournament? Well, yeah, Penta should definitely be in this tournament as well. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, Jay Lethal, not to say Jay Lethal should be main event, but I'm just saying. Super kicking faces like off. But, like, I think you add juice by adding diversity. That's all I'm going to say. Now, let's get back on track. 
we get a match. Here's some diversity for the TBS Championship. It is a House of Black. Wait, was this oh, right before the main event? It was. It was. You know, you it know, was, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So but, it was right before the main event. So you well, know what that means. Well, no, not technically because oh, we get a uh, promo. Okay. We get All a right. promo. So we can't actually do that. Okay. But Damn we get for the TBS God, Championship match. Up the vocal cords. All right. <laughs> we get a house rules match. And Emmy Sakurai, I thought, picked a cool rule here. She said no submissions. Because if you've been paying attention to Julia Hart's matches as of late, she's been winning with that, like, pock, double arm, pullback I'm gonna bullshit say this. thing. Okay. I hadn't been paying attention well, you should. To Julia Hart matches lately. Well, that's your problem. My bad. But yeah. they also didn't go out of their way to make sure I understood that, right? I had to kind of well, infer that. I was like, she's been doing submissions, right? I was like, is that the deal? Because why would Emmy mm-hmm. Sakura say that, right? Yes. Well, here's the thing that I thought was interesting about this match. Is, so, the 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 house rules match, right? The way it was mm-hmm. introduced was when... The House of Black uh, were the trios Trios. champions, right? So here's the cool thing. Consider this. They can now she's doing this with the TBS championship. Imagine if Malachi Black now is your heavyweight champion Mm -hmm. and he's doing so like I think it's really cool that they're applying. No, no, what I'm saying is I think it's cool (laughs) that they're applying their House of Black to any championship. It's not just for the trios champion. It's TBS. It could be for the TNT. It could be for yeah. the World Heavyweight Championship. Tag team. And champion. at least Whatever. with Malachi Black, his last name would be Black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Uh, I do like that I'm idea at, of, of the. Yeah. I do like what you're getting at with the house rules match can apply to any title that they have, and that's spot on, and that's great, right? Um yeah. What I will say is can we reserve that somehow when the house of black ends in some manner for something else, some way, right? That would take a little bit of creative writing, but we could find a way because I like that idea of challenger gets to pick a stipulation because I'm that much fucking better than you. Right. Like, well, you know, yeah, but the also the other end is that they, you know, Julia Hart in this example, well, there's also have their thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's like 20 seconds count outs, mm-hmm. right? What's the other thing? There's, I um, can't remember. There's some other things. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nailed it. But they get their stipulations. Uh, Je- <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Seal says, I love Emmy Sakura. She slapped the eyelashes off of Julia. Emmy Sakura is, is really good in that, like, in that you plug her in, you're like, okay, I know what I'm getting here, right? Like, she's she's going to be fine, like, in a match. She's not going to do the thing. I, like, she's she can do all the moves, but we're not, like, I just – if you're watching from afar, what the fuck is she? <laughs> like, what? What is she? God damn it! She's fine. I like like when I watch her, I'm like, okay, she's fine. She's fun. Like, she looks like a fun personality. But like, do you get? Why is I, she in AEW? What is her goal? What the fuck is the deal? I don't, I don't know what the deal. Is. I did like that after she lost, they're bringing the title into Julia Hart, and she's like trying to still reach for him. <laughs> like and she's like woozy. That was fun. I like that. I I think Emi Sakurai has potential that isn't being tapped into because the story that I understand Emi to be I think she's the natty role. I think backstage she's the trainer, right? That's what I'm saying. But but when she comes out, she has this crown. She's doing "We Will uh, Rock You." Like 
the the character and what you're telling me aren't the same thing. That's more the Serena Deeb. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna be the teacher, I need a different mentality. I need that, like you said, like uh, like uh, Jeffrey Sill says, slapping the fucking eyelashes off these women. And so getting she them in did. Line. The, she did something like that. So like Julie Hart goes to hit her, and she like ducks under or does like a cartwheel or something. Is like aha, fuck you, right? Like I forget what it was to start mm-hmm. the match. Like more of that. If you're the teacher. Then be like, I'm one step ahead of you, you fucking noob. Mm-hmm. Well, and you could also, and again, I understand TV time is limited for all, but you could do some backstage things where you're, you have a match with someone because you were too difficult in training or you were, someone was being an asshole in class. And so now you got to teach them a lesson on yeah. rampage or something like that. You know what I mean? The one issue with that is that first for me to, believe in some of the idea of a trainer in, that I know in combat sports like UFC doesn't have a trainer that all the fighters go to you know what I mean they got their own you know what I mean so well, have yeah. her in a managerial role but she's a trainer right like mm-hmm. she's a trainer and she's the hard nosed yeah. fucking you know Mickey type to Rocky right mm-hmm. yeah something like that but the we will rock you stuff yeah, yeah. get at that shit out Need for, uh, again if you told me, hey, come to this pro wrestling event you knew nothing about and let's like just walk right in, Emmy Sakura coming out as Freddie Mercury or as Queen or whatever, like that's cool for that moment, that moment alone. Yeah, exactly. I just, okay. So, anyhow, Julia Hart wins. She gets her <laughs> uh, backflip that she missed, but Emmy covered for her. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. And Julia Hart wins. You notice how, I do look, you notice how even uh, Excalibur tried to cover for that, too? He's like, oh, she tried to like roll out of the way. It's like, no, nah, brother, she saw she was about to fuck this up. <laughs> yes. Um, but I will say, I do like the Julia Hart singing her own music, doing the house rules, the presentation, mm-hmm. the stoic. I like it. She. This is the best yeah. the TBS championship has been since like the first couple weeks with Jade Cargill. What I need though, so now she's the champion, and that that therein lies the thing is, she, she's the champion, but she's the dark twisted. Usually, the dark twisted has to do something sinister to a face to get us to care about the storyline, and now that she's the champion, that kind of goes out the window because what does she give fuck, right? Like, well, what but that's where somebody for. Well, but that's where the house rules, I think, comes in. That's her idea of like, well, now I get to fuck with all these top stars because I make them do my kind of match. And, you know, so I don't know. Maybe we're grasping for straws here, but I do like it. It has more potential than sure we can figure unfortunately what. Yeah, it has more potential than unfortunately Chris Statlander as champion, who I think Chris Statlander is awesome. She's so cool. I what I need more of Chris Statlander. Two things. More alien. I need more booping. And I need more, I'm grabbing Renee Paquette and I'm doing squats while she tries to interview me. I need that yes. as my Chris Statlander. That's who I need. I think that's yes, doing feats so of fun. strength, doing Braun Strowman-esque feats of strength, but as a goofy alien that doesn't get yes. <laughs> like right. just exactly. too energetic to stop, right? Like can't help herself. It's just like, I got to lift something right now. <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. Yes. God, that would be the best. Please do that. Yeah. That's what I, I just I, I gotta lift this. <laughs> just all these things, stuff, throwing things, fucking be great. She just decides to shot put random shit. Come on, that would be yeah. great. It would be great. <laughs> all right, now let's get into the other promo of the night. And this one was a masterclass. A mm. masterclass. And also, <laughs> Tim, and also, mm. 
a sore thumb and we'll get to the sore thumb at the mm. end. So Christian cage walks out and he's alone. And he says, I want to invite Adam Copeland. One thing, I don't know if this was a mess up or not, but it took a while for Copeland's music and him to come out, which was kind of real, was... right? I mean, yeah, I that's guess kind of real that that's more real than, than what we get, but we're doing a show here. We're supposed to speed this up. Right. So right, that's the part is like, yeah. get, you know, anyhow, but, so it Copeland does make sense up. that it should happen quick because Adam Copeland would probably be backstage waiting for Christian to say something stupid so he could run out there and beat his ass. So he should right. be right there by Gorilla or whatever they call it. That's him. what I would think, yeah. But anyhow, just a little two cents that I noticed. Um, so Adam Copeland walks out. They forgot to put the disc in. They were like, hurry up, maybe. fucking find it, God damn it, hurry up. <laughs> and uh, Christian Cage says, hey. This this security this this was from management. I didn't want this, so get them out. So they leave, and Christian says, "Hey, I heard that you wanted to fight me for this TNT championship. Nah, we ain't doing it. And you know why? Because I love you. Now I was I'm mad. Sorry. Well, he said sorry. I'm sorry, and then he said I didn't like one thing that I thought was interesting. He goes, I didn't like." When you took out Luchasaurus, I mean Kill Switch, he he slipped up on purpose. I think it wasn't. He I don't did. think it yeah. was like a real mess up. You know, I thought that was an interesting mm. part of this promo. But then he said he went on a drive and he went to reflect and he thought about him and Adam growing up and you know long winded way, but hitting all the notes of we were best friends. You didn't have a dad, which then everyone perked up. And he's like, I'm not gonna be your dad. My dad was your dad. Yeah, he still worked in. You'd have a dead dad. Yeah. He, you said masterclass, and you're right. Yeah. And then uh, he says, I love you. We're family. You said that we should do this tag team. And you know what? We should. Your mom, who passed away, said that that's what she wanted. And let's do it for her. And to his credit, Adam Copeland here is also hitting all the right nonverbal notes. He looks perplexed. At times he looks dumbfounded. Other times he looks pissed touched. off that he brought up his fucking mom's name. Like yeah, shit I mean like he that. went the, he went on the roller coaster of all different types of emotions during Christian's uh did he say his mom's promo. name was Judy? I don't remember. Possibly. Let's say yes. Are we gonna get a Judy Copeland? No. She's dead. She's no, dead. She, no, the dad was dead. No, the dad's dead, and so is the oh, mom. The mom's dead too. She died recently, right? Yes. Or more yeah. recently than the yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to put her on a pole. But we can get um, the remains of Judy Copeland. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, somebody right, call me. Your... So... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, Christian Cage drops the microphone, and he holds the title in his hand, and Adam looks away. And then he goes to Christian Cage, then goes to attack him. <laughs> and Adam just goes, boom, and kicks him and goes, You dumbass. Nice try. He goes, yeah, nice, nice try, try dumbass. dumbass. And then he so goes, spot sit on up. For Edge yeah. and Christian. That was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he goes, Sit up when I'm talking to you. And Christian obeys and he grabs the title. And says, yeah. Fucker. All right. You know? Yeah. And he goes, Next week, you better bring this title, you know, sleep with this title because next week I'm taking it from yeah. you. Yeah. And then he goes, by the way, I almost forgot. Go fuck yourself. And then this is the sword. Which, by the way, Tim. did it air on yours like it did mine where they missed bleeping out? Go fuck yourself. That's what I'm saying. 
So then yeah. again, Tim, this is where you're fucking. This is why I don't want Mustafa Ali or Sammy Callahan. I want more fucking people who know how to hit a button on a delay because the thing they fucking muted like jackasses was the crowd reaction. <laughs> what? It sounded fucking... like it fell flat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, goddamn guys. Oops. I forgot he was yeah. going to say fuck, fuck, fuck. He said, fuck. Somebody hit the button. Fuck. Hurry up, you fucker! Hit the button. <laughs> well, and that's the thing because I can I can excuse, for example, heaven forbid. <laughs> All right, but like so I can excuse heaven forbid someone legitimately getting injured in a match and saying fuck. Right? Let's say someone broke their leg or someone broke their arm. Yeah, and they're like fuck, and you don't get it then. But motherfuckers, you plan this. This was crucial to the storyline. This was the go home moment. This was like, hit it. The crowd's going to go, oh. <laughs> but we didn't hear shit. We didn't hear that part. Oh, my we heard. God. <laughs> God <damn laughs> yes, they need more hires behind the camera before they oh, ever God. need. Yes. The camera. And in the truck. And oh, in the planning God. meetings. In fact, we're available. Tony, well, fuck. I'm almost, almost going to put my talents towards the truck. Get those fuckers out of there. I've done a truck before. Oh, like... no. That's what I'm saying. I, yes. I'm highly skilled, militantly so, in operational management and supervision of personnel. Please let me help you with this Oh, situation. my God. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so awful. Jesus. I it was like I said, it was a masterclass of a fucking segment and then the just black thumb of AEW then right at the end just fucking shit in the bed. I just good god guys, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Oh, so push it on when he said fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought we didn't want to hear the crowd. We didn't want to hear the crowd, right? We, they might say fuck. God damn it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, what dumbasses. I right. loved it. Yep. I, get, I loved it. Next week, we get uh, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage for the TNT Championship in Canada. I mean, you get checked all the boxes for a, for a five-star banger, as the kids say, and I am excited about it. And then we go... To the kids say that. The, it, the kids all say. I love. By the way, my son is seventeen. Well, he's sixteen. Mm-hmm. He'll be seventeen mm-hmm. soon. And I'll throw something randomly. I'll be like, "That's what the kids say." And he's always like, "No." He's like, "No kid has ever, <laughs> ever say said you're not hanging out with the right said. kids." Like, you're not hanging yeah. out with the right kids, kid. Yeah, I hear all the kids saying that. <laughs> all right, let's get to the main event. So we get the third match in the Continental Classic, and this is two heels going up against each other. Although one is getting treated much more like a baby face. We get Swerve Strickland. Mm, 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 mm. Which, by the way, side quest, uh, I have YouTube music because with YouTube music, you get YouTube premium, which means no ads. And it's the fucking best thing you should do if you're going to pay for any of that shit. Uh, Top five songs of the year. You know what number two is? Big pressure when I drop (laughs) That's my second most listened to song of the year. Oh, I love it. 
Um, anyhow, let's get into it. Swerve Strickland versus the leader of the gangbang gang, Jay White. He is, right? Gangbang gang. That's what they call themselves. He is the leader of the gang. He's the gangbangiest. Um, the gangbangiest I... of gangbangers. <laughs> gangbangiest of all the bangers. Um, yeah, great match. Now, again, you're having to follow the master class of a promo segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, the crowd knows no different of the muting, so they're still on that high of, you know, go fuck yourself. And mm-hmm. these guys delivered. Now, uh, this, again... Jay White's still looking strong, even after a loss in a big profile match. But Swerve, obviously, just coming off of what is widely regarded as the greatest death match of all time, and, or mm-hmm. Texas death match of all time, on a major promotion at least. And he's just, I just riding that high. The crowd was not going to let anything but a Swerve win happen here. Right. And we got some good storytelling at the end. So Jay White wins his first round matchup by... Referee distraction, low blow, one, two, three. We get the same spot here, except for Swerve is ready for it, blocks it, then through some defensive wrestling, gets the pin on Jay White. Swerve Strickland picks up the victory. He is now at six points. Jay White is still at three points. But my question to you is, as you'd mentioned, off of the pay-per-view, Swerve Strickland wins the Texas Death Match. Then last week, he wins his first round matchup in the Continental Classic. Now he wins his second round matchup against Jay White in the Continental Classic. My question to you is, what's my guy Hangman doing? You think he sticks his nose in this somehow and says, oh, the thing you wanted the most and jumps him backstage or what, what's the, what's the cowboy doing? Well, you know what they keep saying about the continental classic is everybody is banned from ringside, mm-hmm. but that is to resolve your buddies from helping you. What about one of your enemies from harming you? Nobody's mm-hmm. stopping them, right? So that could come into play. And seemingly, Hangman, what? Oh, I got fined. Like I don't give a fuck. I'm not in this tournament. I give a yeah, shit. This guy, this guy broke into my house. I'm still pissed about. It. He hung me. God damn it! I'm the Hangman. Like fuck you. Because so he could be the turd in the punch bowl to prevent Swerve from winning this thing because he's on a high that everybody wants him to win it, right? If they had other plans and they're like, oh, then we could just continue the Hangman thing for a while. What if we do a little double switch? What if we say Swerve keeps winning these victories, he keeps getting the loudest pops of the night, Hangman can't take it, it drives him crazy. Now backstage, he's chasing him with this fucking so horse. A black horse. And now he's the bad guy, and we do a little role reversal. Black mm-hmm. leather, black horse. Yep. Black heart. Black yeah, heart. And- Straight whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No chaser. I don't know. It's just interesting that even though Swerve won, it would make sense that he would still show his face because as a top guy, former AEW world champion, I'm curious of where he's going to pop up because we got to do something. It's going to be interesting. So that was our episode (laughs) of AEW Dynamite. Uh, Friday, we got Rampage. I think Sting and Ric Flair are going to make an appearance, and Ric Flair says a dumbass thing that they should be editing out. Uh, just doesn't read the room. 
doesn't read the room. Did you read the quote of what he said? I did read the quote of what he said. And I mean, he doesn't read the room correctly. I think he, he's reading the room and he thinks he's the stud that everybody wants to come hang out with still. And well, and, and I was talking to, to some my extent, wife. There may be some takers like, you well, know what I mean? Like, but well, I was talking to my wife about it cause I read it and then she's like, what are you, you know, what are you reading? You know, and I told her the quote, my, my thing about that is you got to know your history, right? Because I, I just made up this example. So I wouldn't want him to say it either, but if Max Caster says, Hey, women 18 to 28 come to my hotel, no husbands, no boyfriends. All right, you don't really have a history. It's kind of a sleazy thing to say, but maybe you're a ladies' man, right? But when you're Ric Flair and you've had multiple allegations of sexual misconduct and rape, like that's when you don't say it, my guy. And so, you know, he just had this post of like, if if you guys don't like me, I'll just leave. Tony Khan, I'm sorry if this is embarrassment. He posted that just not too long ago before we started recording. And it's like, dude, the negativity is coming from your comments yeah like it's yeah it's you that's causing it you can't you can't punch someone and be like why did i get arrested for assault i don't get it like you did it you know what i mean like yeah i don't you know you so, did it yeah yeah so we got rampage on friday night but then hopefully Saturday they hit the button night, on that one <laughs> yeah i hope so too yeah <laughs> but then saturday we get Eddie Kingston, Brian mm. Danielson, second round Continental Classic. Although this is the first matchup for Brian Danielson, he didn't compete last week, so right. we'll see what but happens. Do we get? Does Eddie Kingston get one over here, or do we put him into deeper despair now? Oh no, now I'm now I'm really down in, in despair here, and I got to come out big and swinging to get my, you know. So these make two sure I keep these wrestled- titles. So these two have wrestled before, if you recall. They had yep. one of the better matchups of all time. Brian Danielson ends up winning. He chokes him out. Eddie Kingston gives him the middle finger as he goes unconscious. And then that's what started the feud with Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, because CM Punk's doing a promo. Eddie Kingston's like, what the fuck you looking at? And then we get one of the best AEW matches and feuds uh, in recent memory. So, yeah, I don't know. I would hope. Here's what I'll say. I always want Eddie Kingston to win. Eddie Kingston is Mm -hmm. the greatest wrestler to ever live. Him and Terry Funk will go down as 1A, 1B, and everyone else starts at 3. And so I want him to win every time. But the story is more interesting if he loses. From a story aspect, that's the more interesting story. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm betting money, which you shouldn't on pro wrestling, I would say Brian Danielson wins. Yeah. I think early because again, we can get to Eddie Kingston still wins the whole tournament. Even if he loses this one and it's down to spare and it's a better story. So I agree. I think he's going to have to eat two pins in a row down two matches and makes the underdog push to make the semis like Jeffrey Sill says right there in the chat. So join us in the chat when we do this show every Thursday, but you missed the boat now because we're heading out of here so just remember this is very important if you're gonna say fuck hit the button the spanish announce table